Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This is the Fleet Street Fox column for Monday, October the 10th, 2022. The Tory turkeys must vote for Britain to have a Christmas election. It's rare to find a turkey that wants it to hurry up and be Christmas already. But then it's rare to be governed by a bona fide maniac in serious danger of destroying her party, as well as the countryside, the economy and the national grid. That is, nevertheless, the landing spot that Britain has arrived at. Skidding and screaming and never-ending poo-turns like a dog with worms enjoying a particularly scratchy hillside. There have been two this morning alone, on top of £70 billion of borrowing, crashing pensions, rocketing mortgage rates and letting bankers go wild. It is day 35. Raw poultry lasts longer than this. There is not enough space in the day to list all that's gone wrong for Liz. So instead, let's list all the things that have gone well. Nope. Still nothing. The one thing the new Prime Minister has managed to do successfully, while emboldening her critics, fracturing her supporters and failing either to threaten or cajole them with any success, is unite them all in the firm wish that she isn't Prime Minister anymore. And because it's the Tories, who've been fighting like cats in a sack since 2016 and have next to no idea about how to do anything else at this point, their best reason for not getting rid of a leader who will suck up all current and future electoral support and funnel it into a black hole while calling it a supply-side reform is that they can't agree who to replace her with. Much of this backdoor backstabbing is Liz's own fault. By giving a government job to all those who backed her for the leadership, she spaffed her rewards for loyalty on those who were already loyal. The remaining 200 or so MPs who didn't like her, didn't vote for her, and aren't dependent on her for cold hard cash, have only one reason left to protect her. Protecting themselves. And they're increasingly coming round to the realisation that this is like turkeys voting to stay in the barn when the barn is on fire. Yes, it might be Christmas outside, but there is always a chance to make a break for it, flap or waddle your way to freedom while your comrades are consumed by flames or caught by the giblet extractor. There are no good options to replace her in Downing Street. Whoever is parachuted in at this stage will be seen as a desperate grab at power by a party past its sell-by date and merely cement public opinion that the Tories' time is up. Cabinet ministers are questioning her publicly. Backbenchers are hiding, scuttling away from journalists and rechecking their majorities. As one senior Tory put it, we will get rid of her. I can't see how she sacked and ostracised anyone who didn't support her and expects to carry on. Her team are at best arrogant and amateur, and she's cost the taxpayers on the first real day in the job £65 billion. MPs are back in Parliament tomorrow. The first order of business will be voting on the not budget. Unless she junks the bits of it she wants the most, they'll vote it down and her out. She could realise she's going to lose the vote, scrap it, and then she'd lose the ability to govern at all. 
She could hold the vote, lose it and end up in the same place, with Graham Brady of the 1922 committee popping round to see her with his best sad face on. Or Keir Starmer could table a formal vote of no confidence and the Tories will have the choice of either backing the maniac who set fire to the barn or voting for merciful slaughter at the ballot box. Probably most would just abstain, catch some convenient coronavirus or be too busy talking to hedge funds about post-politics directorships. Some will have the wit to know that staying in the blazing horror show for another two years will be far more disastrous for them, the party and the country as a whole, than a Labour landslide. They'll see that handing Starmer a global recession, industrial unrest, high inflation and a hole in the public finances will be a poison chalice. Some, probably called Boris, will think that five years on the speech and memoirs circuit will turn a nice buck and set them up for a return when the crapper stop flying. Every Tory MP knows they're heading for opposition. The wind has changed. The only question for them is whether Liz, in the next two years, can make it less bad than it already is. Which is a bit like turkeys asking themselves whether this arsonist farmer will put out the flames, nurse them back to health and let them run free in the woods as nature intended. No, mate. The city has bought shares in cranberry sauce and Angela Rains stirring the gravy. You are done. Which is why all of Britain needs these Tory turkeys to realise that and vote for Christmas to come early with a general election. Everybody wants one and delaying it will only double the damage to all of us. It will even be a mercy to Liz. A nice new tub of Play-Doh and a lollipop, she'll calm right down. Just keep her away from the matches. This is the Fleet Street Fox column for Friday, October the 14th, 2022. Liz Truss could you turn around the sun and she'd still have to resign. Despite what you may hear elsewhere, the question is not whether, in descending order of probability, Liz Truss has changed her mind, fired her chancellor, or restored the confidence of the financial markets. The issue we should be asking is how big a U-turn the Prime Minister would need to pull for the catastrophes of the last 40 days to be erased from the collective memory. She could scrap the not budget in its entirety, fire quasi Quarteng at a barren moon and slingshot around the sun in a last-ditch bid at returning to 1986 where she'd probably be truly happy and it still wouldn't be enough to save her. quasi Quarteng's voyage home from the seventh circle of hell, also known as the annual meetings of the International Monetary Fund, is being live-streamed, which is probably less torturous than the bilaterals he had with international financiers who either screamed or laughed at him. Truss is preparing to address the nation and take personal responsibility for the cock-ups, we're told, shortly after telling Quasi he's the one who's losing either his job or his credibility. Meanwhile, the backbench engines have gone critical. Sir Graham Brady says the 1922 committee can he take any more, and the crew are about to mutiny and put an extra from season four in charge. At this point, the only U-turn left to her is to rejoin the Lib Dems. All right, they might be a weird-looking alien species with funny ideas about mating rituals, but they've still got enough sense not to stand too close to anyone wearing red. Raising corporation tax won't appease the public. Firing quasi Quarteng won't quieten her back benches. And finding the £60 billion or so her plans are missing won't tickle the bank manager either, because it had just tanked the economy in a completely different way. Even if she reverses everything performs a public act of contrition, somehow pulls around public and banking opinion, 
Truss won't appear a better Prime Minister for it. She'll be forever twinned with disaster, unable to govern and doomed to choose the manner of her own political demise. She is the human Kobayashi Maru, the no-win scenario in number 10. Corten could hold on, but he'd be paralysed by the backflip he'd be required to perform. He could resign to retain his dignity, but will be asserting his belief that his not-budget was brilliant, while the whole world knows it wasn't. He won't be able to find the logic in that, but he'll be available for rock-bottom prices on the international speech circuit soon, if anybody really wants to hear from him again. Truss, meanwhile, is buggering on, oblivious, through a meteor field she didn't need to enter, to fight an enemy who isn't there, with weapons she doesn't have, and relying on the shield of not having any democratic mandate whatsoever. When confronted by MPs at a backbench meeting, she seemed surprised at the extent of their disquiet, they said. They wouldn't be drawn on what planet she's been orbiting for the past 40 days, but it's sure as hell not in this solar system. If there's been one unbreakable rule of the past few years, it's that you can't have a second vote just because you didn't like the first. And the Tories don't get to impose a new prime minister on a country that has turned definitively against their party just because they've got buyer's remorse about the space cadet they foisted on us. All anybody wants is to live long and prosper. It's what the banks want, the voters and the MPs who now hold our fate in their hands. Only they have the ability to put her out of our misery. Perhaps they'll put dilithium crystals in her tea, or maybe they'll play her some whale song and she'll return to her home planet. She might say she's from Leeds, but clearly she belongs in outer space. If she stays in number 10, or if another replaces her, there'll be another 10 points on the Labour lead. If more cuts come in, there'll be riots. And if she stays in power for one more fiscal event, the money men will break up the UK and sell it for scrap. She has to go. She has neither the unerring gut instincts of James T. Kirk or the moral drive of Bones McCoy. She ignores logic, communicates on unintelligible frequencies and couldn't supply more power to the economy even if she got a new wizzy new warp upgrade and a cup holder. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the truss. Either she goes or we do. <laughs>